Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hello, friends. Hello, beautiful people of the world and nation. <laughs> that was me doing my best, uh, what you call from Schitt's Creek. Oh, oh Moira. Yeah, Moira. That was pretty good. I don't, did you. she say that line, though? No, I just was Oh, terrific. okay. Well, the voice was good. Uh, listen. Thank you. Thank you. We are coming to you, like, this is the Sunday before this episode comes out. This is current as hell. What? We fresh to <laughs> death. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's Sunday morning at 9 a.m., so you're going to get some weirdness, okay? Coffee cheers. Coffee cheers. We have got a great show for you today. It's our episode. Technically, it's more than that, but not including our mini episodes. It's our 200th right. episode. It's crazy. We've released more than 200 things of material, but if we're counting like full technical episodes, this is number 200. And what the fuck? <laughs> it's just like the way they describe parenthood, like the longest, shortest time. Like it's like, yeah. how has it been 200? And yeah, of course it's 200. <laughs> it feels like that all at the same time. Like, oh, our baby has grown up. I mean, evidently we're prolific as Fuck. Evidently. And evidently, according to who? According to our numbers of how many episodes oh, we've oh, made oh. people listen to us talk. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> First off, uh, aside from it being the 200th episode, we are going to talk about sleep unders. What are they? How do they work? How do we feel about them? We have opinions as always, and we're going to throw them at your face and make you listen to them. I don't know what it is. I'm so curious. Okay, then we're going to take a trip down memory lane and talk about our favorite moments from the last 200 episodes. And guys, I don't know if you missed this in our mini episodes, but too bad they're coming back. We have the tits and the shits, and of course, as always, hashtag swag bag, because we back bitches. Guys, I want to start off firstly by telling you, and we're going to do this every episode until it happens happens because we got tickets to sell. But that's right. We are going to be coming to you live and in person February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day for our Love Hangover live podcast recording with Yoga Renew. It's in Hoboken, New Jersey, right outside of Manhattan. So if you're in the tri-state area, we don't want to hear any excuses. We want to see your ass in the seat because Do it. It's going to be worth it. Your ticket is going to get you booze, food, fun, real life hashtag swag bag with swag in it like good swag because you know we, we're not going to do you dirty no 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 you know we're not going to do you dirty we have worked our asses off to get you some really good swag and we're going to have a lot of like a fun panel-y type thing and you know we're not going to do it in a boring way we're mom trash we're going to have a fun fun time we're going to play shit going to be lit yes there's going to be beauty activations photo opportunities we want to see you there this is our opportunity to connect with you guys in real life and we are so excited so please be be there. We've been shouting in a vacuum and we want to see. For 200 episodes. Right. So now we're excited to shout at real people. It'd be great. Oh my God. I can't wait to shout at people. You can buy tickets at the link in our show notes. It is also uh, in our bio on Instagram and all our socials. You can also just Google Momtourage, Eventbrite, Yoga Renew, yep. live show, any of those things that'll come up. We are accessible. And if you still don't know, email us. Hello at Momtourage Podcast. Com and we will send you the link. And also, just to let you know, uh, I believe ticket prices are going to go up as we get closer to the date. So make sure you're there. So get them now. Yeah, boo. get them now is what I meant to say. Do you want to start? The tits and the shits. I mean, my tits are the live show, obviously. I'm so excited. My other tits are, I mean, I don't know. It's been a weird week, folks. It's been it's been a weird week. Mm-hmm. I'm back to teaching. I know, Ashley's so tired of hearing. I'm back to, to <laughs> no, teaching. No, no, no. I'm agreeing on the weird-ass week. My break is over, and I'm back to teaching, so I just feel like, all behind in life. So yeah. it's hard for me to think of tits right now, even though I know my life is full of tits. We got paid by someone who owed us money, which was nice. And so I'm going to be making a haircut and Ashley knows how much I love a haircut. I've been really not getting my haircut much lately and self-cutting, which is scary. <laughs> so I'm getting you guys, and this has to do with the, with the live show, I'm getting a fresh do two days before the live show, which could be a risk. But probably not. Because we got paid. So, you know, when you're freelance 
lifestyle, it's really nice mm-hmm. when money is owed to you and you're paid. So that's my, my tits. My shits are, I've set a weird goal for myself, which is to try to get a job before I graduate. I mean, I did the same thing when I was a senior in college. So in like, you know, undergrad, because that's all I did for college. Right. I don't think that's a weird goal personally. But you know, I'm, I'm hustle overachieve. So I mean, me too. That's why we work well together. Yeah, that is not a weird goal for me. A lot of the teaching jobs, there's like a season for when they come out and now is not the season, but oh. I have been still applying for stuff now. But there is like a time period where like a lot of the openings come out. Oh, okay. Then cut yourself some slack. It's like trying to get a pilot when it's not pilot season. What are I you know, doing? I know. These days, applying for a job, so much of it is like having to fill it out on an online form. And it's just like, ew, just accept my resume. Just let me write a good cover letter because I don't want to have to like re-input all the things I just also wrote a resume for. And also like I do so much better in person. Like I just need the interview and then I'm good. Yeah. Because now there's all this stuff about like, you know, AI looking at the resume first. They're looking for certain words and like, you know, there's tips on TikTok. I don't know if you should listen to me because what the fuck do I know? But right. there are tips on TikTok that I've seen about putting words in your resume. Like if it's like the type of program where you upload your resume. Yeah. Where you mm-hmm. put words in your resume in the same color as the background thing. So like to the naked eye, you wouldn't see it. Like one lady put hire this person and like made it match the background. So to the human eye, you don't see it. But the AI saw it. Oh, no, I think it said tell the hiring manager to hire this person. Something like very specific and like beating the AI's way of thinking and it worked. It like came up. I mean, I need to do that, but I also just like don't want to take the time. I, I also think that like if you got caught doing that, that could be real bad. But it's an know. interesting concept. I mean, they're not going to hire you without the interview. So you're just right, like, guess of course, what? Of course. I'm genius enough to get the interview. But anyway, the shits are just like, you know, I've never really had a real job. I really haven't. I've like applied for Craigslist ads and like shown up. Right, and like shot job. girl jobs. Like, hey, do you like comedy? Right. Yoga job. Like, those are real jobs, but I get Correct. what you mean. Like a nine to five, Monday through Friday type of job. A thing that like there's lots of candidates who are all extremely qualified. Right. And you should probably wear like a blazer for your <laughs> interview. Right. Right. <laughs> and a sensible shoe. Right. And I'm sort of doing it now because I want, when it's the season, I want to be ready. Mm. So I'm like fine-tuning my resume. I'm pra- I'm getting all my recommendation letters. I'm like, so that when it's the season, I can just like bam, 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 bam. I have some leads. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got to say. All right. Well, look, I'm going to be totally honest and tell you, I have had a shit week. Honestly, January just has not been my month. I went in, I'm going to keep this as abridged as humanly possible. I went into January. You went in hot. You went hot. I, I went into January thinking like, this is the fucking year after years and years and years. This is the year where it's all gonna happen. The work is gonna pay off and it has not, it has taken a turn, a very sharp right turn, left turn, pick your direction, it doesn't matter. It's taken like 13 turns. It's been, it's been wild. Yes. On top of that, I have quit smoking. On top of that, I got strep throat. On top of that, I had an allergic skin reaction. It has been a thing. So I have had breakdowns. Calm down, January. <laughs> so ready to be done with January. So instead, I'm gonna give you a couple of fun hot goss. Ready? Okay. Are you following what's going on with Nicki Minaj? No. Here's what's happening. And this is really fun because this episode comes out this week. It's current. Nicki Minaj, for those of you who don't know, is known to be quite mean to anybody who says anything bad about her. What do they call her followers? The Barbs. The Barbs. Yeah. And so the Barbs will go after people. Nicki Minaj will flat out go after people. So if you know on TikTok, the Kyle... It's like street justice. Yes. So the Kyle Marissa, you are more, I'll give you more. So there's another blind item chick on TikTok. I think her name is Celebrity. She read a blind about Nicki Minaj and Nicki Minaj herself went after this girl. I mean, she should be able to like have some kind of uh, like legal case against her because this was flat out harassment. And she didn't write the blind. She just read the blind. Threatening her, telling her that she was going to go after her. Like really, really, really bad shit. Really bad. Nikki, we're not talking bad about you right now. Oh no, I'm talking bad about Nicki Minaj. I am. Is she going to come after us? She'll come after me, not you. Nikki, I love you. She's not listening to us, Carrie. (laughs) No, she doesn't give a fuck about us. (laughs) 
Firstly, she is not great. She surrounds herself with predators, sexual predators. Her husband is convicted of sex crimes. Her brother is convicted of sex crimes against minors. Like, she herself gave a lap dance to a 13-year-old child and has a whole song with some underage rapper about, like, teaching him how to do stuff. She is a disgusting person. I have met her. Her security team threatened me because I Richard Simmons was screaming in the room. Oh, you told me that story. God bless. God bless you, Richard God Simmons. God bless Richard Simmons. She, I, in no way, I think that is a terrible, terrible woman. I think anyone who supports her is like crazy out of their thing. But she is going after people and it is awful. And the only reason I'm saying anything is because I am confident that there is none of her diehard barbs or listening to mom. Uh-oh. I don't know, guys. Do you think so? I don't know. You think there are people who love Nicki Minaj so much they would go after us? Ashley, you've had such a bad January. Why tempt the fates? Okay, I take it all back. I mean, it's all alleged, right? Whatever. Anyway, that's the Nicki Minaj gossip. The other one thing I wanted to talk about. I love Pookie and Jeff. Love Pookie. Sorry, Pookie and Jet. Pookie and Jet. For those of you who don't know, there's a creator on TikTok named Campbell Puckett. Pookit. I don't know. She is just like a big-eyed Disney princess looking chick who like, I mean, she doesn't dress in the style I would dress, but you know, she's a beautiful girl. Her husband is this like nerdy. I don't know. He doesn't give nerd. He gives like big Charleston vibes. Like he, like hey, his family probably vacations in Hilton Head and yeah, like yeah. he's definitely hanging out with Shep Rose from Southern Charm. It's like a pop collar lifestyle. Yes, 100%. But he calls his wife Pookie and he'll come all the time. She'll be dressed for a date and he'll be like, oh, I think Pookie looks amazing. I love Pookie. Pookie, what are you wearing? <laughs> he's very wealthy, it seems like. He adores her. I know the backstory. I know how they met. Is that the backstory about yeah, that yeah, they yeah. met at a wine tasting room or yeah, whatever? Yeah, he just like thought she was gorgeous. I love that. And he just like spoils her rotten. Listen, they are not my kind of people in terms of like, no. I, I don't see myself being best friends with them. I think they are adorable. I think we all deserve a man who worships, worships us the way Jet worships Pookie. I think they're also fun because it's like, it's an oddly matched couple. It is. It is. Not that he's ugly. He's, in, by any means, he's like an average good-looking guy. Like, whatever. He's like a finance bro-ish. Totally. But, like, in, definitely, but in like a weird metrosexual way. Like, definitely has a lot of fleece vests. Yes. The zip-up fleece vest. And she's like influencer, like... Still wears over-the-knee boot type of thing. She's like a pumpkin spice latte influencer. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But beautiful. She looks like yeah. Belle, I think. Like human Belle. Mm-hmm. Versus non-human Belle. She looks like human Belle. Well, yeah, because Belle's a cartoon. I know, but it's just weird for to say. <laughs> she looks like human Belle. <laughs> anyway, that was my hot goss. I figured we'd, you know, have a little fun gossipy moment instead of harping on how terrible January's been. And your shits are, you're like sick to the world. And January. Uh, yes, I'm just not even going to rehash it because what's the okay. point? So should we move on to segment one? Let's do it. This is actually something that you and I have talked about just in our friendship Mm -hmm. a lot. And I saw this article in the New York Times and I was like, ah, this is more about what Ashley and I have sort of been thinking about and talking about ourselves. So sleep unders are an alternative to sleepovers for kids. Okay. How so? That we're not comfortable with our kids doing sleepovers. Yeah. In this day and age with... God, sexual predators feel like they're everywhere. Yeah. Guns in the house, whatever it is. I mean, we could even go further and say political leanings, religious leanings. The the world is a hotbed of conflict. Conflict. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was such a jinx moment. The fact that we picked that word. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. That it seems like everyone is is getting into fights or getting canceled or getting into, like, it's just, there's just too much. Right. To unpack. And people are getting so extreme about their, like, if we don't see eye to eye type of thing. We've talked about it extensively before. Ashley and I had kind of overprotective parents, and I only went to a few sleepovers. I wasn't, like, sleepovering. I mean, I did go to them, but I wasn't going to a ton of them. I mostly went to, like, some sleepover birthday parties, but sleeping over a person's house a lot was not a regular thing for me. How about you? Uh, no. There was no sleeping over. People slept over my house. I think there was, like, one close friend, my like high school close friend who I would sleep over her house and it was like just her and her mom in the house and right. we were so close. And again, I was in like high school. So right. that's about it. Sorry, I would go as far as to say the people whose houses I did sleep over, there weren't dads present. It was just 
an like an all female household. Yeah, and we didn't have people sleep at my house because we had so many people. That was like definitely like how it worked. If I wanted to have a sleepover, people would sleep at my house. I'm just saying we couldn't because yeah. my mom was a single mom who lived with her parents, her brothers, and your grandparents. Yeah, it yeah. was just like you can't like impose all those people, right. and and also we barely had enough room for us to sleep. Right. I had one sleepover, and that was for a birthday party. We arranged family members to leave yeah. my house so there was space. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's what we did. You know, every 80s and 90s childhood or most 80s and 90s childhoods are full of sleepover memories, right? Like I remember being the first to fall asleep and having my underwear frozen. I remember watching what moved Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like I remember watching all the different sleepover movies. But in these days, sensitive topics like bodily autonomy, sexual abuse, gun safety, technology use, even what ratings of movies and shows are appropriate for your child are things that we worry a whole lot more about now than we did prior. Yeah. So sleep under, or the term late over, is this concept that you come to play, but don't stay to sleep. Oh, I like that. There's a couple varieties of them. One is that the kids will like play as late as they are about to fall asleep and then call the parents or there'll be a scheduled time like two o'clock in the morning. Oh, damn, that late? Well, it depends how old your kid is. Yeah, you know? wow. You, the kids can even be in pajamas, whatever, and the mom, parent, caretaker, dad, whoever picks the kid up and they sleep in their own space. Can I say as a parent who would host a sleepover, I prefer this also. Yeah, yeah. The worst part of a sleepover is the next morning when you're like, okay, when are you leaving? Right. And then the breakfast situation, it's like I already entertained you enough. Get out of my house. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. There's also ones where it's sort of like a dinner party cocktails with all the parents and the kids are downstairs till late, till like 12 or 1. I mean, I feel like that's always been a thing, right? Like I grew up doing things like that with my parents. Right. But this is like not because because the parent wants to do it because the kid wants to do it. So okay. like I think it would be like your kids friend group as opposed to the family friend group. Which you and I would have maybe a, a problem with because we'd be like I don't want to hang out with people that I don't really enjoy. Not till like ass crack in the morning. So you that know. really only works if both the kid and the parents have groups that work. Like that would work for us. Right. Like it will work for you and I. I also see it working in like our like Friendsgiving group right, that's right. like Danny and James and Bit of Mesa. Like the kids have all become so close. Like, those are Sebastian's cousins. Right. But instead of it being about you guys getting together, right. you would make it about the kids and you would be like the the accidental right. plus part of that. I don't know that I like anybody uh, enough yet to have to do that. And also, I haven't met any parent friends of Sebastian's that, like, want to drink and hang out is the other thing. I mean, I have some here now. Yeah. In Montclair. That's nice. This whole idea, and we've talked about this before, what things are quote-unquote normal childhood experiences and how can we adapt to have our kids still have that, but in this world that we're actively living in right now. Yeah. So this sleep under thing, it's, it's become popular, right? But some of the backlash of a sleep under or a late over is sometimes kids are now not being invited to sleepovers because they were the only one whose parents made them leave before the sleepover part. So like, what if not all the parents do this? So one of the things the article said is sort of like a way to make it not not so uh, limiting is that all of the parents have to agree that it's a sleep under, not just like my mom is making me not sleep over. I have a problem with that. I get it. I get that we all want our kids to belong and like feel included 100% and that's normal. But you can't force everybody to go along with what you want in order to feel hunky-dory. Like it's just not the way the world works. How about the person who's throwing the sleepover? Fine. Make it like universal. This is a sleep under. But then I think that's up to the person throwing it, right? Like, hey, I'm throwing Sebastian's 12th birthday party and we're doing a sleep under where the kids will get to behave like it's a sleepover, but before it's time to go to bed, they go home. Right. But you can't force all the kids to do that. You can as the person throwing the party. You can't be like an invited guest to that and then be like, hey, every other parent, my kid is going to feel left out. So let's all do this. Everybody gets a trophy. Right. Right. Exactly. So one mom's protocol who is navigating this world of sleepover in this current world. She calls ahead, you know, not day of, but calls ahead and asks the parents, one, who's going to be there? Two, do they have guns? Three, what's the plan for the evening? And then at drop-off, she comes inside, not like a 
jump out of the car. She comes inside to meet the parents and make sure that they will really be there. And she says she doesn't give a fuck about what other people think of how she protects her kids. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. So some parents stay and use that time to hang and meet the other parents while the other kids are occupied, like an extended play date. That's one option of the sleep under. This child psychologist says, okay, so let's think about what are children losing potentially by not actually sleeping over. This psychologist says one opportunity for real independence. This is a a professor of psychology at Ohio State University. We've done other shows that talk about, you know, a kid's independence is like key to their psychological health. Yes. Two, being exposed to different lifestyles and customs and seeing how other families function. I feel like in high school, that was kind of like the biggest thing I learned was like, whoa, other families operate in totally different ways than my family does. And she says that's an important ripple effect on society. Yeah. That was key for me because I came from a single mom household. So I didn't really see how households worked with the dad ever. And for me, the opposite too. It was like, oh, this is how this works in your family. Or even just like families with a lot of money as opposed to being a family that didn't have a lot of money or whatever. Right. So she said a positive about an actual sleepover. She says, one, it's a great way to trade babysitting. Heard. Sure. Two, a great way to build connection with other families. Mm. Now, my only thing with that is I want to build the connection first or else we're not doing it. 100%. I'm not like leveraging my kid for that. That's not worth it for me to just get a babysitter. Okay, so the trick is to strike a balance where you are cautious but not overprotective. Well, isn't that parenting, period? Right. (laughs) We don't want to create anxiety problems for our kids. I mean, I think it's too late. I think I've already done that for my child. Uh, Amen. (laughs) Because if you're overly protective about this subject, then most likely you're overly protective about other things as well. And when I read that, I was like, yes, and we should be. 100%. I was like, correct. And what? I remember in college, I had a friend and it was, you know, like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And I was in the dorms, walking around, hanging out with my friends, doing dorm stuff, you know. And a friend of mine was going through a breakup and I found him in his room and he was doing the very, I don't know if he was really in this mindset or just, you know, being... um, The cry for help. uh Uh-huh. This person started telling me that they had been molested when they were younger like it it turned into this whole thing and I remember going back into my dorm room at three in the morning calling my mom and saying I just want to thank you for being so overprotective because these things did not happen to me and that's not to say that being overprotective is going to stop it from happening but it did in my case I also witnessed incredibly terrible bullying at sleepovers 100% like all kinds of really bad I don't always think overprotected is the worst thing I don't think it's the best thing but I don't always think it's the worst thing and I don't think like protecting your children from something horrible that could happen at the hands of a negligent other parent who doesn't do things the way you're comfortable with Mm -hmm. is the most detrimental thing you could do to your kid there's a lot worse things I think my kid getting molested is a lot worse than me being overprotective right so some kids are really annoyed by sleep unders well they don't pay my bills right exactly right like oh oh a kid doesn't like it Ooh. name another thing a kid doesn't like right. I can name them on everything anyway <laughs> So the mom may move to let her kid do a sleepover now because the, like, the daughter wants to spend special bond time with her friends. The thing is, you don't want to hold your kid back from formative experiences. Sure, of course. Now, one kid that was interviewed, which I can totally see Seba doing this. I was like, <laughs> was this Seba? Some kid said, you know what? I like to sleep in my own space. And I like the fact that my mom makes me come home because I like my own bed, my own room, and my own family. That does sound like Seba. Like, I don't know if he would actually say that, but it sounds like a mini Ashley answer. (laughs) Right. This kid was like, I don't tell my friends I don't want to sleep over. My mom, and I'm happy that my mom says, because honestly, I like it better. The kid was like, I really don't like sleeping on the floor in a sleeping bag when I have a cozy (laughs) bed at home. And a mom who like brings me breakfast in bed. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Ew, why would I want to hang out with people that aren't cozy? Right. If I have a bad dream, I can go see my parents, you know, like I feel so safe. I remember missing my dog at sleepovers with someone who didn't because my dog always slept in bed with me. Yep. We've talked about this, and I actually think that we're going to do this this spring. Camp out in tents in the backyard. I love that. The parents are invited. Yeah. And there's an option, like if you're not an outdoor kid, you start the night out in the tent, and then anytime you come into the house and there'll be a bed for you, or maybe the dads and the kids sleep in the tent, whatever, whatever. So I was thinking about like inviting you and Matt. I mean, you could actually sleep out in your backyard now if you wanted to. Me and Rhonda. Yeah, Rhonda. <laughs> I made that sound like an old Israeli man. Though. Rhonda. <laughs> Come on. I don't know why I did that. But we have a bunch of tents from when Lee was a Burning Man guy. And so I think that we'll do like a little sleep under tent 
situation that's this fun. summer. I'll sleep inside, though, if that's okay. Same. <laughs> Lee and Matt can sleep outside. So. Right. Which I don't really see either of them wanting to do that. But we'll see, right? <laughs> Maybe the tents go in the basement. I kind of know what you think because we've been talking about it. I mean, I'm into this idea. I am, too. I think it's a great idea. I talked about it with some other parents that I was hanging out with the other day. And they were like, well, yeah, this is genius. I think all of us are sort of feeling this way. I'm okay with a sleepover at your house or a sleepover at Valerie's totally. house. That's what cousins are for if you have cousins. Exactly. I believe that deeply close family friends that you've known forever, that's where you do an actual sleep over. Or like, you know, my friend, Luna's friend, Eva, I've known her mom since before we had kids. I would feel comfortable letting Luna sleep over there. Not now at five, but right. like, I would let Luna sleep over there. I'm also like related to her. She's my second cousin. Right. Listen, we know that 90% of these things happen with right, people, with you, people know. you know. Yeah. But I feel like one, I would just be comfortable asking the hard questions to them. Like, do you have a gun? Like, I feel like I would be comfortable asking that question without judgment. And I would just like to start there. I don't want to start with some random person that she knows in first grade or you know I just don't feel comfortable with that yeah I also think they're still really young I think first grade is still like way too early to even be exploring that no I know I just was throwing out a random oh, okay I don't think Luna is going to feel comfortable to not be around me for quite a while I feel like they were having sleepovers when I still lived in Miami and I was there to fifth grade so there were definitely sleepovers happening in like fourth third and I now think that's way too early this was also like the late 80s early 90s so <laughs> different times but I mean parents were like buy me a pack of cigarettes you're like eight we'll go to the corner <laughs> and buy me a pack of uh, Benson and Hedges 100s <laughs> Benson and Hedges you can keep the change some cools buy me some capris long <laughs> yeah. All capris are long. They smell like like powder. Oh my god! Yeah, buy yourself a pack of uh, Doritos with the money. Bring it to mama. I think this is like a really great compromise. I think, of course, kids aren't going to see it as a compromise. If they want to sleep over, they're going to have a fit about it because kids are kids, and they have they don't really have impulse control, and they want what they want, and they're navigating. You know, like my biggest source of issues with Sebastian on a daily basis is he is trying to break out of my control, and he'll say like, "You don't get." you can't tell me how I think and I'm like no I can't tell you how I how you think but I can tell you what you're going to be allowed to do or not do that starts in first grade you can't tell me how to think oh yeah oh yeah all, almost every day I hear it. Oh, I'm not looking forward to Especially that. Especially with Luna because she's more headstrong. So, it, <sighs> it, yeah, it's it's definitely something. And that's a, like, Sebastian's a pretty... He's a good kid. He listens pretty well, you yeah. know? He's combative with me all the time and he's constantly trying to, like, we're at that phase where he's trying to tell me, like, make it very clear, like, I don't get to control him and I'm at the point where it's like, I tell him all the time, I'm not here to control you because I want to control you. I'm here to keep you safe, teach you how to protect yourself, teach you how to be a citizen of the world. That's my job. And so I'm going to allow you or not allow you to do the things that I think are best for you. I always say, Luna, you're five. I've had a lot of living experience. Let me help you. Right. My biggest thing is Luna just wants to know how she can get a second and third house. This morning, literally unprompted, <laughs> we were eating breakfast. She goes, this house is paid off, right? It's so weird. Why is she doing that? And then she goes, this is my house and I don't have to pay money. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, next time say no, you have to pay rent. She goes, do we have a second one that I can have? And I was like, ew. <laughs> Down. <laughs> like, bitch, I lived with my grandparents and uncles and aunts, okay? Then she's like, can you teach me how to get a second house? Yes, go to work. Get a job, Luna. I was like, I don't even really know how to have a first house. Okay? <laughs> get a job. That's step one, okay? Also, you're five. What do you care? You can't even keep your room clean. Let her save up money and go buy a playhouse or give her a cardboard box and tell her, here, you want a second house? Build one. <laughs> Draw it and build it. We want to know what you think. So we would actually love to hear from you like because we have younger kids you know we're we know that there are listeners that have older kids are they allowed to go to sleepovers what's your compromise are is there pushback from your kids help us Help us. Tell us how you feel about this and what you're doing. Have you been doing sleep unders? Have you been, like, what is, what are you doing? Reach out to us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Slide into our DMs. Like, send a carrier pigeon. Smoke signals. 
Okay, for segment two, should we just like our favorite moments of the last 200 episodes? Should we switch off? We we have a lot of like overlapping. So, all right, you start. I literally scrolled through. So mine are like in chrono- reverse chronological order. Okay, I'm still a big fan of the kids play place episode. That was what, like our second or third episode? Yeah, we were still in our, our newborn phase. That was a great one. But us retelling the horrors of the things that we have seen <laughs> in play places, that kid that kind of like flirted with me at that play place. (laughs) The kid that had the mullet that looked like he was a hockey player. (laughs) And he was like showboating on the weird shiny (sighs) plastic. That's so funny. So I'm still a big fan of the kids play places episode. And you know, it's weird because in these pandemic times, I've only been to a few because then the pandemic happened. And and I was just like so turned off by kids play places that I don't really go to them that much Well, now it's different, right? Now it's like kids gyms or Right, or like trampoline parks or stuff. So maybe we revisit and we do those. As older kids. Yeah, Luna's been wanting to go to that Urban Air place again. She wore the socks the other day, and she was like, I want to go here again. I was like, yeah, we'll go. I mean, my number one moment was meeting Adam Sandler. I mean, I I just remember the strike being over. We had received press emails about Leo, and I was like, you know what, Matt? I think I'm just going to email them and say, hey, if Adam Sandler is doing any press now that the strike's over, we'd love to be in. And then it happened. Seeing your face and just, like, knowing how much, since Scary Mommy Days, we have listed our top people that we have wanted to interview. And Ashley's got to interview two of the top people. Experiencing the joy of the one-on-one when, when we interviewed... Tony, um, Tony Hale? No, 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 no. From Scary Mommy. Um, Bravo. Oh, Andy Cohen. Where I literally rescheduled a trip. A vacation, right. With my mom. Yes. I mean, Tony Hale too, but Andy Cohen yeah. and Adam Sandler. Just like seeing the joy. I know how that feels. Yeah. It was like you were my child and I was like excited to like be there with you on the ride. Like when you take them to Disney World and you're like, I'm experiencing it through my child. That's how I felt. It was just like my absolute ultimate. Like nothing, no one will beat that. Yeah. The only thing that would be more mind-blowing was if we interviewed Paul Newman and I think it would be mostly because he came back from the dead, you know? What an interview. Right, like that would be like, holy shit, he was dead for so long. Yeah, we're necromancers or something. Not We have some special power. And Paul Newman, those eyes. I mean the most beautiful man, in Gorgeous. my opinion, that's ever walked this earth. And his fashion sense. Oh, just Chess love him. We've had a lot of great moments. I mean, that might even be like above the day Sebastian was born. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll remember that. So the adult sleepover episode, which now that we're 200 episodes in, if I went back and listened to it, it's probably terrible. It, absolutely terrible to listen to. I remember during those days where we were having all kinds of recording issues. We didn't really know how to edit yet. I think that one took me like 17 days to edit. It was like, took forever. It was a sloppy hot mess. It was also pandemic times. Right. Height of bad, bad pandemic days where we were seeking anything. I think we were probably like 37 glasses of alcohol in. <laughs> it was bad. I remember where I was recording it. I was at that beach house and I was like in a corner. It was hot. I'm sure it's a hot mess, but I just remember it was unhinged and sloppy. And you know, I do appreciate an unhinged and sloppy moment. Amen. I really do. It is very us. It felt like we were getting into the essence of who we are. We just needed to polish the diamond a little bit, you know? Maybe we still do do who knows yes maybe (laughs) on that note because I remember being at my kitchen island recording that I'm gonna say our live streamed shows mom trash live from your couch because it was a way of providing moms or anyone who needed it some relief from being surrounded by your kids all the time not being able to leave especially like New York City moms where it was like I can't even get step into the hallway of my apartment building without fearing being exposed to COVID. Touching it, an elevator yes, button it was in like your building. So, so, so scary. And those live shows, it A, like allowed me to go back to my live TV days, which I miss often. Just like the adrenaline and like the flow and just the anything can happenness, the off the cuffness of it. Do you remember how every episode Clementine would fart the stinkiest for every single yes. fucking episode? She would sit on the blankets we put down on yep. the floor and fart. <laughs> you were like, I don't think it's Clem. You're like, it's so bad. It's got to be something no it was Clem it was Clem Clem's the dog guys and just like Matt being our our stage manager our gelman it was just it was really fun we had a lot of fun doing that and I'm really excited that we're gonna do it in person I know on February 15th at Yoga Renew go go I still love that good blood episode with Betsy Stover oh yeah that was 
good. Why mommy drinks. That was fun. We had a lot of fun recording with her. Talking about that good, good COVID blood <laughs> when you were like, you got it. You got that good blood. <laughs> I've known her for years and she really is an amazing improver and just like a great person. When you are talking to someone who is funny. Yeah. It's just so good. I gotta say, all of our celebrity interviews. Remember our first one was Adam Pally. Oh Adam Pally. That was a hot He was mess. so rude to us. He was so rude. He might have been on something. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you like how I just went, oh no. Like people listening don't know. He was just like so mean. The recording didn't go, like all of it was just a mess. But we had to start there and like, you know, ended up with Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler. Huge celebrities. But man, that Adam Pally episode, that was rough. I was like, fuck, we're never going to get a celebrity again. <laughs> I recorded that in my mom's living room. Because like, again, Corona times. And he recorded it in his closet in the Hamptons. Right. Well, of course. So, cashmere blanket of sadness. That was a good one. Guys, it was Corona. Like, 15 people in our lives had died. Ashley's grandmother died. I had someone die. <laughs> people were, like, sick. Ashley's mom had Corona. Yeah, we just, like, couldn't get out of it. And we were like, we still have to do the show. And we were just like, hey, guys, another person died. <laughs> <laughs> We had like five episodes. Jews, Puntanesca, that one. Like, Casual Blanket of Sadness. I can't explain it. It was just like some weird hellscape. It feels like a dream now. It was. It's a fever dream. Yeah. It's a, that's one of our highest rated episodes. I think because we were just like so real and everyone was just like, yes, we're, we're at live from the 15th circle of hell. It's Mob Taraj. You and I were like in this place that was so sad and so depressed, but like trying to make the best of it. And we would have these phone calls every so often where you'd be like, hey, I think we got to stop talking about how much we're drinking because it sounds like we have a problem. And I was like, all right. And then you would say like, hey, I think we got to stop talking about COVID because it's just really depressing. (laughs) Everything that was true to our lives in this like highly anxious, scary moment, we were like, we shouldn't talk about this anymore. What a time. What a time. What a time. We've come out of it. Yes. Yes. Thankfully. Well, have we? I don't know. I I, kind of feel like I'm back in it this year. I'm more functioning than I was then. Let's put it that way. That's true. I ordered a box as big as my body of Doritos. (laughs) Yeah. And I finished it. Cool Ranch. Yep, I remember. And I was eating multiple bags of it a day. And then I wondered why I gained weight. I know. I gained so much weight during COVID. Interviewing Blippi and how absolutely horrible. Oh, I disagree. I look back and I think that was one of our best. Luna refused to do it, remember? Luna was supposed to be on it and she just, she could not pull it together. I cried. I was talking about it with Matt the other day. I was like, remember what I cried interviewing Blippi? Because Blippi was the only thing that got, like made me feel like Sebastian had some normal childhood during this pandemic. Which is a real sad state of affairs, Ash. That's where life was. I can't take my child to a play place because of COVID. But at least he gets to see it with this Blippy guy. And he was obsessed with Blippy. He had a Blippy birthday party. Yep. Mm-hmm. When we finally met him, I cried saying thank you. And I was so embarrassed. But Matt was like, no, man, that's a real moment. This guy got our kid through COVID. You can't top the realness of that moment. And I agree. I'm saying it was horrible because you just realized, like, he doesn't know how to do anything else but that one thing. Yeah. We had Mika, too. And Mika was much more, like, natural and able to talk on I camera. Think in- actor so she like has been training for this you know I didn't mean the moment I just think that episode is so singular because it was like whoa this guy only knows how to do one thing and I'm not sure if his brain is right I'm not sure if his brain is right I don't disagree what is wrong with him I think he might be on the spectrum or something because Mm -hmm. not that I am allowed to diagnose anybody but I was watching a video of his today on Instagram I guess today is like the 10 year anniversary of Blippi he just has like a cadence of speaking which is still when he's speaking as Stephen John he sounds very much like Blippi is he like whatchamacallit Austin Butler and he's gonna need a coach to get out of his character I just think that's how he is yeah let's ask Dee Dee I think Dee Dee is his wife, his now wife and baby mama. Is Dee Dee? Yes, because oh, she is wow. big tatas, which is the only thing I remember about Dee Dee. Blonde hair and big tatas. And I think that was Dee Dee. And that she needed something fixed in her gym. First under her sink and then in her gym. I remember that Dee Dee episode way too well. Because we're like, Dee Dee, this is the beginning of a porn. Oh, he is banging Dee Dee 
hard. <laughs> okay, so mine is see people, past guests that we've had on the show, make it even bigger. So I just saw that Nikki Vasconez, who was the pet medium. I swear to God, I believe that this woman is the real deal. She said things about Clem and things about uh, Beckett that like really hit us. She was just on Jennifer Hudson like last week. We can't afford her anymore. She, her, her sessions are like $400 a session. Also, hi, I, I would like to be on Jennifer Hudson as Momtrage, but I am very happy that at least we have yes. the eye to be like, this person's going to be big. Let's get them on the yep, show. Really? I, maybe our gifts are just somewhere else in casting. <laughs> and I don't know. Who knows? Behind the camera gifts. Right. I'm going to list three in a row because I don't really need to talk about them. Celebrity Bulge. Always, I mean, still one of the always best. Always Talking about celeb dicks. Come on. When we're trying to sell our show to like anyone, <laughs> we send them that episode unabashedly. No qualms. Here, listen to this episode where we talk about John Ham's ham. Right. And then the second one we send is this one, Goop Gift Guide number yep. one. And you know, the only reason why I don't say Goop Gift Guide number two is that Goop itself did not serve they did as not. hard no, no, as no. they did that first time we did it. It wasn't us. It was them. It was Gwyneth. We cut this out of the episode, guys. But the time I made Kristen Bell so uncomfortable <laughs> by naming a friend she used to fuck that I know and also naming your friend. It started like that. I was saying, oh, you know, I know Jess. He used to date my friend that you don't like. <laughs> and then somehow Carrie was like, and you fucked my friend. <laughs> What? And she was like, okay, okay. <laughs> and then we continued the interview. Guys, there's a lot behind the scenes that you don't see. And then Carrie got diagnosed as on the spectrum and it all made a little more sense. <laughs> I was like, you fucked my friend. And you wear gloves in the pool like I do. Who says that <laughs> to somebody they don't know? I gotta say, the community we've built. We wish there were more of you guys, but the amount of you that there are that are so involved. Strong. We, yes, we got a DM from Rochelle Ewers who like said that she found us and then went back and listened to everything and she feels like we get her. Like those messages, those messages get us through. They keep us going. We read them in bed crying. Yes. <laughs> when we just feel like we're not getting anywhere when it feels like is Montrage just like an ego project at this point like what's happening here those messages are the things that get us through because so hint send us more of them it's been a rough January <laughs> You're not wrong. But like, those are the things that get us through. It just feels like, oh, okay, this is why we're doing it. Okay. Did you see what my shirt says? Surviving purely out of spite. That's montage in general. Yeah. That's all January. Like barely right. hanging on. Uh-huh. Interviewing John Cleese, who yeah. is- Just such a dream. Like a legend. And Tony Hale, who is just a prince among men. Uh, truly. And Gabby Hoffman, who felt like a friend, who's just like someone who I've respected for so long. And she was just such a lovely, real person person. Open, honest. Jim Carrey being a straight fucking weirdo. So weird, but it, like it's Jim Carrey. Straight fucking weirdo. And then both him and John Cleese saying the word momtourage out loud. Momtourage. Momtourage. And then us being able to use a clip of John Cleese and a clip of fucking Jim Carrey saying momtourage. Thank you. I know. Thank you for that soundbite. And then Lee and Matt's aerosexual episode. On that one was finding out that Lee went to school for chemistry. It just felt like, okay, I finally understand why Lee and Carrie are together. They are the two most braggadocious, a little delusional, Delulu. self-inflated people. And it makes sense that they are together. <laughs> like nobody thinks they're better than Carrie thinks she is or Lee thinks he is. And it makes so much sense that they're together. And together we're so obnoxious. And you guys also don't like each other that much. So it's so, <laughs> it is the weirdest. It is so weird. And like, how could you like each other when you like yourself so much? How do you it's like true. anybody else? It's true. But it made so much sense. That's the problem. That's why we fight so much is we are really too much alike. But when I found out he went to school for chemistry and I lost it, like what? And he was almost offended. He says, I'm a chemist. Right. Like he was offended that I couldn't believe he went to school for chemistry. It's like, well, nothing you do now has anything to do with chemistry. That would be like, <laughs> I went to medical school. People would be, their minds would be blown if they found out I, Ashley Heron, Smith went to medical school <laughs> or like had a PhD. You do have the initials MD. I do. I'm going to do another one. The Go RVing trips. Favorite part about Go RVing, the money that we made. 100% hands <laughs> Thank down. You, Loved RV. getting paid that money was A. Oh, quite the ordeal in terms of things. But man, those are two experiences we would have otherwise never had, which I don't think is a secret. We were always very honest about that. I also love that Go RV just likes to dream big. Guys, when I pitch ideas, I pitch one that makes absolute sense that's an easy sell and one that 
that is a fever dream. Sometimes the client picks the fever dream. I mean, going on an RV trip together wasn't uh, not that crazy. It's just crazy for us because we're not those well, crazy women. I mean, women. the rodeo and the large roadside attractions. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. That, that's true. I mean, you know. That's true. That was fun. Naming an episode after Ashley's Backyard Street Cat, Rhonda. <laughs> Too bad Rhonda doesn't understand. If she understood what an impact she's had on my life, or even the fact that when I look at her and I say, hey, Rhonda, if she could recognize it, that's her name for me. Right. That, that would be uh, impressive. Get the fuck out of here, Rhonda. Interviewing Judy Bloom. Yeah. That was a big one for me. Yeah. This is my last one. The Bravo episode I did with Matt. Yeah, people really like that one, by do the way. Do they? I'm wondering if, like, maybe once a month we do, like, a Matt and I do, like, a mini episode or something, or, like, every so often we just, like, do something like that under the mom trash umbrella instead of starting a whole new thing. If people yeah, like it, it and yeah. it's fun for us, why not? Yeah, I loved it. It okay. was great. All right, good. Um, All the times my dead grandmother joined oh my God. the conversation of every psychic episode we've ever had and Mary Maria, your unborn child, all of these, we've had so many psychics and mediums and various things on. These two things always happen. My fucking bossy ass dead grandmother, yep. Mamu. Somebody says, I'm getting a Mary Maria for me, which I do have since realized one of my grandmother's middle names, because she's Hispanic, Hispanics have a zillion names, was Maria. But she had never said anything. She was just like, I'm coming through. I don't know what that means. I just did have that, like, come to Jesus realization that that was the case. Do you remember when I was, like, kind of told your grandmother off and then, like, all of our technology stopped working? And I was like, could you stop? Could you be quiet for a second so my grandmother could come through? And she was so And then so everything pissed. broke. And I was just like, fuck, that's not even fair. That's not even a fair fight. Come on. She was only four foot five in real life. But, man, as a dead lady. She must love that now at four foot five, this is the closest she could get to like dominating a five foot ten <laughs> long armed fucking gazelle of a woman. It's true. And it's totally on brand. It's fighting someone with their arms tied behind their back. Like, I can't do anything. And I just love, because every psychic has said that a ghost of a person or the spirit of a person when they're dead is exactly the way they were when they were alive. And I know this to be a fact because my grandmother is exactly the way, in death, exactly the way she was in life. Bossy and loud. The funniest th- a part of that for me is if we met in real life, we would like each other and be ball yes. busters. And I feel like that's kind of like the ghost situation here too, mm-hmm. but y- you know what I mean. Yeah. I have nothing to go by other than she keeps making the technology not work. She keeps fucking you up. Yeah. I'm just reminiscing. We don't need to relive it. We love you, Mama. We love love you you. very much. Nothing but love and respect. Any TikTok a-hole is a blessing to me. Yeah. Um, I've loved naming the episodes. I have fun with that. Yeah. Sometimes it's a burden and I can't think of anything, but on a whole, that's how I feel about doing the show art. I'm just glad I don't have to do it. Anyway, guys, what were your favorite episodes? Again, really, I'm just gonna ask you to talk to us because we (laughs) are shouting in the dark. What have you liked? best reach out or come to the live show and tell us even better all right should we do hashtag swag bag yeah hashtag swag bag um so i'll go real quick i've been using this app called the finito app and that is how i have quit smoking so last year listen quitting anything is hard i'm not gonna sit here and be like i'm successful because i don't know i hope i am and it's an addiction this is like my bad addiction but last year around this time of the year i went and did hypnosis this cost me 500 dollars. i went with this app and it is hypnosis and it's every day you have a 15 minute hypnosis and for I think like a week you work down you don't stop you just work your numbers down and you're listening to the meditations and then you have a quit day by the time the quit day came I was ready to go and I'm at about I'm over two weeks without wow and and I've had a social gathering with friends where normally I would be outside chain smoking drinking nothing has it been hard and has my mood been crazy yes I have a hard time dealing with my emotions without this crutch but what's important is I'm not doing it and it's through an app. I'm so proud of you. Thanks and I don't talk about it because I feel like I failed at quitting so many times it's just embarrassing to bring it up but if there is anybody else out there who is listening who is looking for something I truly believe hypnosis works. It is not in the way that I thought it would work. You're not like they're not going to make you cluck like a chicken that whatever they did on Maury to make people do that it it, or in Vegas yeah like that's not how it works. You are conscious like you are having you sometimes even have to fight and be like, I need to go back into this state of mind. Let me not think about what needs to get done after this. But it works. And it is the least 
struggling way of doing it for me. Everything else is a struggle. This is so subconscious that it's not as terrible as every other way has been. Like the amount of times I've tried to quit and been like, let me just like have this one. And I'm definitely looking at it from like an alcoholics perspective right now where it's when I want one, I just think to myself, I just have to make it to the end of the day. I just have to make it to the end of the day. And in therapy, I've talked about it and brought in like tapping and all different kinds of things. So there's a lot to it, but it is the easiest way I have found. It's easier than the reading the Alan Carr book because there's nothing worse than forcing yourself to read something you are just not interested in doing. It's been great. So the Finito app, Finito, like in Spanish, Finito, da Finito, you know, done. And they have a Facebook community. So when I go onto Facebook, it's nice to see people being like, hey, I had to restart the dwindle down process. You got this. And I think for $70 for three months of an app, it's cheaper than You're patches. Spend that much on cigarettes. In a month. But like, yeah. it's cheaper than patches. It's cheaper than going to somebody. It is the best thing I have found. And, you know, so far it's working very well. So I suggest it for anyone else who's struggling out there. And on a completely different note, there is a Chanel. I've seen this and I want to try it. You like it? Yeah. So CoverGirl. It looks gross in the bottle. Like it, it looks does. all separated. It's like watery with beads yeah. in it. And it's like an ageless foundation. Now there's two ageless foundations. One looks like a swirl mm. and one looks like water beads. The swirl one's like Olay, right? No, that's also CoverGirl. But it's like CoverGirl by Olay. I, I don't know. Oh, okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Both of them were actually very good. So okay. I actually liked both the swirl one and the water one. The water bead one is like an exact dupe for the Chanel. Exact. Okay. You put it on. It's very weird. It's very liquidy. It creates a nice, very dewy, skin-like finish. Not much coverage. It doesn't have SPF or anything, but it's a really, really sheer, dewy wash. Mm -hmm. I've been having problems with my skin looking, like it's things settling into fine lines. And so this is not doing that oh, at all. that's nice. How's the coverage? Light? Medium? Very light. Oh, okay. Very light coverage. Is it buildable? It's buildable and it works well with other things. So I'll do that and then I'll spot correct other things with either a different foundation, but most likely I'll go in with a concealer or a stick and spot. But like still my freckles show through. I really like it. And I always have like three or four foundations depending on like what I'm looking for. Am I looking for full coverage? Am I looking for medium coverage? This is really good for my like everyday kind of dewy complexion. And the price point is under $20. So Love that. It's great. So I'll link it in the show notes. Awesome. Well, guys, another great episode, our 200th episode. We can't wait to do two. 200 more. I don't know. I don't know. Can we wait to do 200 more? We love doing mom trash. We, it, we just need it to be a little easier sometimes. We love you. We love you so much. <laughs> Have a great week and we'll see you at the live show. Bye. Bye. I'll see you later. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or mamadramaband.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.